All right, welcome into the Bound Pass Podcast. Your host, Riley McDonald. We're going to do an awards podcast. I have uh, Mikey Bio, frequent guest on. Uh, we're on one through some award. We might not hit them all just due to time. Then I think the small award we both don't care too much about. But uh, welcome on, Mikey. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, hopefully... That I'm kind of almost excited for the playoff to start. That so some of these awards conversations and kind of end that we can to kind of get onto the playoffs. And I feel like this is a really interesting playoff for the NBA as a whole. So I'm excited for it. Um, let's start with the MVP. Um, you want to go like five to one, one to five? What are you thinking of? Um, I don't even really have five. I just kind of have the the typical yeah. top, top three. three. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think there's much of a discussion after that. Like you can, I know it's traditional to make a case for five people and the real voters have to come up with five. But I think, you know, there's a pretty steep decline after the the tremendous three that we're looking at. Um, yeah, which way do you want to go? Do you want to go down or do you want to go from one to three? Uh, I'll list my five and four real quick, and then we'll go right to three. I don't think, yeah, we don't need to cover it too much. I have uh, Tatum, number five. Um, Like I said, I don't think there's a lot to cover there. Celtics are probably the second-best team. He's their best player. Uh, he kind of dropped off a little bit since the All-Star break, but so had pretty much everyone in this conversation. He probably passed the top three Easily the best defender of that night match group. Um, then I have, uh, I'm I'm kind of curious. This guy had kind of locked himself into number four. Honestly, I mean SGA might uh, might be like the might have the four spot on a lot of people's ballots. But I have him. It'll be kind of interesting to see the. It have been kind of interesting with him versus Luca because their teams are in like similar spots, and I feel like. For fair or unfair reasons, Luca is kind of getting knocked for his team being in a similar spot where SEA isn't. I think they're just like, right. a, like vibes reading to it. I feel like Pete, there's like a lot more positive vibe around OKC and SEA in general than with Luca and the Mab. We maybe wait until all NBA to get more into that. SGA. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely have thoughts on it. Um, we can save that for all NBA discussion. I. If I was doing a top five, I don't know if I'd have either of them in there, but that's just just based on record. Like right now, they have the same exact record. Of course, OKC owns the tiebreaker. It's just hard to you know you're splitting hairs over guys in the that are barely in the playoff playing race, if at all. So we'll get more into them a little bit later. Yeah. Let's keep going with the uh, the MVP talk right now. All right, uh, you want to go first with your number three? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'm going to go. I've got number three in the MVP race. I've got Nikola Jokic, back to back defending champion. I think that he's just kind of let off the gas a little bit. I didn't, you know, yesterday when I was digging in my heels for like taking a stance on this pod, I just, I didn't even really put too much time into looking at the numbers for Jokic. It just feels like, you know, oh, so much opened up for the other two. And as much as I love Jokic, one of my favorite players to watch, I just kind of think he, uh, he removed himself from the conversation over the last month or so. Um, I'm not holding too much against him for, you know, a lot of the uh, the conversation around his defensive rating and all that. I just think that 
the Nuggets got a little bit bored and he got a little bit, you know, disinterested in it. I think that clearly the three best teams in the league are coming out of the East as well. So I want to, you know, I want to go with best player on better teams when it comes to this award this year. And uh, yeah, I think Jokic just, I know you're a huge Jokic guy. I just think it's kind of, he took his foot off the gas and that, uh, that three-peat for MVP probably isn't coming for him. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they're the guy that, whether or not we have him, I think he they're the guy that had the MVP probably unlocked at this point. And the, um, before I go through this, I'm gonna say I feel like you can put the top three in pretty much any order. Any and, order for sure. You can have like valid arguments. I think people value short and stash or and eye tag stuff more than odds. Team record, of course. Just like whatever you value, I think like you can make fair arguments for any of the three. The I wait I've like I've my top three like even a few times this morning. I think I am gonna have Jokic at three. Um, one thing that kind of had me, I was listening to the the Duncan Guide released their award pod this morning, and one thing that was kind of like oh shit, that one thing that they had that was kind of like oh shit, do I need to move Jokic up? And that the Nuggets. I've been battle with Jokic on the court, then the 76 should have been with Embiid on the court and the right. Bucks and with Giannis on the court. So, yeah, the 76 should and Bucks mm-hmm. have a battle record. But, uh, and a lot of that is too with the, the Nuggets do play like the all bench units. 76 should and Bucks kind of stagger more. I think that could play a small factor into it. But For sure. that, was kind of, that was kind of an interesting thing. And that, I think that kind of played into what I'm saying with like, if you want to like make an argument for Jokic being number one with like that being your argument, like I think you can do it. Yeah, it's it crazy how like all three guys have such a strong case, but anyone could poke holes in any of their argument yeah. pretty easily. Yeah, like I do think Jokic should be penalized for like this way. I think the last month or whatever it is, he this way. Whether with the Nuggets pretty much having a one seed on lock or him kind of having a calf injury, he wants to make sure it's as close to 100% possible for the playoff. He definitely does and took his foot off the gas pedal for sure. Um, so the, we both had Jokic number three. The, who do you have at number two? I guess, uh, do we just say number one? We could have kind of give it away. Yeah, you can kind of talk one and two at the same time. I'm going yeah. uh, with my MVP. I'm going to go with Giannis at one. I don't think that's how it's going to play out with the voters this year, but I'm I'm going with Giannis and I'm going with Embiid at two. Um, I looked at a few different things yesterday. It was kind of like you're really splitting hairs with these two, especially because you got to consider like both of them are elite defensive players. And I was picking apart the defensive numbers and looking at everything. And if you're just looking at a statistical case, I think a lot of people are going to go with the Joel Embiid efficiency case. But I was digging into that deeper and Giannis is actually shooting better from two and Embiid, like obviously free throws are a problem for Giannis, but it doesn't really change the way he plays where like when free throws affect another player like a Ben Simmons or something and they don't go to the rim anymore like Giannis is always going to go to the rim where he's super effective, shoots a higher percentage from two, shooting sub 70% from the free throw line. But what we're really talking about when we're talking about the true shooting percentage is how Joel Embiid shoots 5% better from three. But that's not really what these guys game is about. And it's like a category where I don't really feel like I need to 
reward Joel Embiid in this case because he shoots 32% from three. Like what these two players should be doing is, you know, living in the paint, attacking in the mid range, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's where Giannis really has the advantage. So when I was looking at the efficiency, I kind of just threw it out and I took everything else, you know, kind of leaning in Giannis's favor. I feel like the fact that Giannis is on the best team in the league with some of the injuries they've had this year, that he should be rewarded for that. If you're looking at their like on-court impact, um, sort of favors Joel Embiid. If you're looking at, he has an uh, 124 offensive rating, 109 defensive rating when he's on the court, but only a uh, a plus 4.14 per game differential in points. And when you're looking at Giannis, he is a 117 offensive with a 108 defensive but his team actually has a plus 4.86 per game differential with him on the court. So it's like all these things are like really, really close splitting hairs. So I'm just going with, you know, Giannis who their team just sealed up the first place, uh, first home court advantage through the playoffs last night. So we might not see him for the last couple of games of the season. Um, Yeah. And, you know, Joel Embiid has been playing out of his mind. <laughs> You're looking at his numbers. Like it is an MVP caliber season. I'm just going best player on the best team in this regard. Yeah, I think the um, not that Embiid wouldn't do Joel of MVP if he won it. Like I said, I think all three D guys would barely do Joel of I think like the big thing Embiid had in his side, a kind of narrative, and I'm honestly not like against like uh, the narrative and much as some other people. You know, I think it's kind of cool to, like, live in the moment and be like, this is, like, what would it felt like in the moment. And, like, maybe eight years from now, it would be stupid to say, like, LeBron didn't win MVP and we gave it to Derek Rose or whatever. But I think, like, in the moment, I I don't like have much of a problem with that, some people. But uh, um, I do have Giannis number one and then beat number two. Pretty much, like, I know, like, especially when it comes to all NBA, I don't, I try not to like swap guys up with a speed on better teams. That kind of won my pet peeve when people say like, oh, well, this guy won more, so he's better. But I do think at a tiebreaker, that's a good war. So like if this if two guys are next or in this case three guys are next and that I pretty much just went with the best record. I think that's like yeah. a good tiebreaker. I don't think it should be anything more than that. I well, and I think there's like a um a five game difference right now between the Sixers and yeah. the Bucks, And like, that's, yeah. that's not nothing. That's a pretty big deal when considering how like tight of a race that East has been this season, the Bucks yeah. just took over the last 30 games of the season. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't think, and Thomas supporting cast, I think that I don't think, especially with Middleton being mostly out slash like not playing at 100 percent. i don't think like this i don't think Giannis has like a battery better supporting cast i think harden will probably i don't think either harden or drew will make an rmba team but i think harden might have like a slightly better case than drew they're probably similar ballpark though mm -hmm. um so yeah i think like i said we we have the same top three Giannis <clears throat> and beat it and Jokic. I don't know if there are any other stats you have, but I think, like, like I've been saying all the time, like, any order you want, I think it's fine. For sure. And I think the same goes for the uh, the defensive player of the year race, which I think we should uh, – I'd be yeah. cool to jump into. Do you have three guys, or what do you have for that? I know yeah. – I think I know who your favorite is. Yeah, I have three guys. I will say my number three, it's kind of a biased pick. 
but I think I'm allowed to have one biased pick, especially if I'm using it for like third place and defensive player of the year. But um, sure. The who would your well? Why do you why do you give me your biased third pick real quick? All right. I have Al Caruso number three. <laughs> oh, really? How how many games has he played? Um, I'll pull it up. I think the minutes per game is like the biggest argument against him over a game. Sure, yeah, that's true. Um, oh, and I wanted to say, um, I just for all of these awards, something that helped me differentiate in the last uh, just yesterday, since I really started nailing these down, is I took into consideration the sixty-five games played rule that they're implementing next year. And I thought about putting like a soft cap on that this year because uh, I, I decided to go with 60 games played for everything. And the reason I did that was I was like, it's kind of nice just to have, I don't know how you feel about the 65 games played role. I feel like it's a little bit like almost harsh. I think that they should lower it a little bit. But I went with 60 games this year because I thought that that was a good way to like soft roll it out as a trial. Sure. And um, also there's going to be a lot of guys who like, are in that 60 games played range that if they knew they needed five more games to play, they probably would have played them. And so yeah. I just kind of doing like a soft implementation of a new role. And I just wanted to see how it made my ballots look this year. And I definitely not so much with these awards that we were talking now, but for the uh, all NBA, it definitely came up a lot more. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you bought the crucial to that 65 game exactly right now. Um, oh, that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And honestly, the, I don't know if you'll play in the last two games. That's because You're pretty part, that's part of why I had minutes on super high too is because the boards last year pretty much played him 30 minutes a game. And I think they thought that would have been the reason why he only played half the heat. And last year, I think they thought right. five less minutes a game, but 20 more games is probably better. So that makes so sense. That's I, so it is kind of biased, but I, I don't hate it. I, I feel like he. I'm, I didn't do all defensive teams. I don't think you did either. Um, I feel like he'd definitely be at least on the second team and he'd have a shot for the first team for sure. I'll go with my um, my I'll second just, my second runner-up. I'll just say oh. real quick in Tom the Caruso, he had the best defender on a top five defense. For so. sure. And, and yeah. I, I do think that should be rewarded. All my three guys are from top three defensive teams. Yeah. So, sure. all right. So I'm going to go with my second runner-up. Um, I'm going to go with Evan Mobley from the Cavs. I started to dig into the numbers a little bit and I just wanted to see like, why are they so good defensively? I think they're, they're are they tops in the league right now? Or are they second right behind the Grizz? The Grizz, the Bucks, and the, uh, the Cavs are all just like neck and neck in defensive rating. But those are the top three teams. I went with Evan Mobley just because he's the all utility player on like one of the best, if not the best defensive team in the leagues. And then you think that he plays with Jared Allen. So like you think Evan Mobley is the guy that's kind of like, you know, a little bit more perimeter oriented to run around. He actually contests the most or the fourth most shots at the rim and uh, within six feet of the rim. And he contends the 12th most shots in the league per game with a minus 4.2% field goal expected differential. He's got, you know, his raw numbers don't blow you away. He's at like 1.5 blocks, just under a steal a game. But it's just like, you're allowed to play any kind of scheme with Evan Mobley. And then you have to consider the small backcourt court that he covers up for. Um, I just think that like, we're looking at a future defensive player of the year sure. and he, he definitely deserves to be, you know, in just his second season, he definitely deserves to be on like first team, all defense. And like in this discussion for, you know, the next two guys that I'm sure you and I both have. And that, uh, 
you know, he's not like I considered, you know, just because of games played, I almost considered putting Evan Mobley in second, but Triple J definitely made the cut um, with those games played. And then I started looking at the numbers and it was just like heavily favored him. Um, but yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to Evan Mobley. I know you and I were high on him coming into the season and yeah. he didn't take like quite the offensive leap we expected, but he's playing with two dynamic superstars on offense. Yeah. So I think we're going to see that game expand, but he is just an elite, elite defensive player and he's going to be for the next decade plus. Yeah, I the I don't have Mobley in my top three, but I do think he definitely worth a mention for sure. I do think that he's been him and Garland, I feel like have been kind of underrated on the Cavs this year. And Mitchell, I think he absorbed a lot of credit. I think he's I think there's a shower chance he makes like first team all NBA and like the in terms of like the voting we got, and he would be a absorbing pick for that. But I do think Mobley and Garland and kind of flew under the radar in Cleveland a little bit. Part yeah. that, that's because Mitchell does absorb so much attention for the season he had. I mean, it does like an effect of that. But uh, um, Oh, can I say something real quick about the Cavs? I, uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw this. I didn't actually hear it until like days after the new collective bargaining agreement went through. But did you oh, see yeah. that they, they changed the, uh, the multiple Supermax players you can have on your team? So yeah. the Cavs aren't going to run into that issue when they have to expend when they have to extend Evan Mobley because they've already got Garland and Mitchell under Supermax. So it's like, I'm just, I'm happy that that criteria changed because that rule is stupid. And it's like, why should the Cavs have been penalized for, you know, developing this, this great talent and then also making a great trade? Like, yeah, there's no reason for that. So yeah, just continue on with your defensive player yeah. of the year talk. I'm just happy yeah. for that. Yeah, for sure. I think there are a lot of good things that have come out of this new CBA. Um it's funny that you said we might have the same top two. I, I don't think we do have the same top two. Oh, I, spicy. Okay, let's go. Yeah, the I will say I have no idea how to handle the bus guides. Just because I think, like, I don't know. We can maybe I, – I think you probably have one of the bus guides in your top two, so that we can maybe do it when you – I have Dwayne on number two. Um, oh, okay. So I think – I do think it's kind of hard because the Warriors talk on the road. I don't know, like – how much to blame Draymond individually. I know he maybe caused some locker room issues to start the season, but uh, the Warriors defense have been pretty good with Draymond on the court. I actually think that Draymond haven't totally gotten the credit he deserved for, like, a big thing that happened with the Warriors this season is they separated Corey and Draymond to kind of help with the bench totally right. falling apart, and Draymond with the bench, like the Dwayne and pool lineup, it actually held up quite well. So I think that's like a better and or a not or a good fan sorry for uh, Dwayne. And uh so uh, and I think like I think it's so hard to like you'd like stash to like determine the best defensive player. Or, like I even think like sometimes like you kinda of have to rely on eye test, but obviously like Definitely eye test and like lie sometimes. It's so it's like kind of, I think, a really interesting award. And I feel like a lot of time, like you, a lot of people have problems with like Gobert winning it and many times that he had. I think it's even, I think we'll probably don't look back at Draymond Coyle and think it's probably crazy. He only won it once too, but mm-hmm. the, it's a kind of an interesting award. You had the year that Kashar won it and then was second team on defense. And right. So the, and I think that's like one thing that I t- focus a lot on and maybe is, it's 
aren't failed with how I look at the other world, I kind of think about, like, who do I want on the court if, like, my team is up by two points with, like, 20 seconds left in the game. That's, like, kind of, like, and I try to, like, focus in on the heat, and I'm sure, like, other elements come into that. But I feel like Draymond, like, I feel like everyone would be a consensus pick that they would want Draymond on the court for that defensive that's position. Totally, that's totally fair. It's, like, it's the defensive version of, like, who do you want with the ball in their hands with the five seconds <laughs> yeah. left? Like, you want Draymond in any situation. He could switch on anyone. He's going to make sure your team's in the right spot. He can cover in the post. It's, yeah. it's like, a, you know, it's sometimes you... Yeah, sometimes you just want to pick the player who is better. Yeah. And I get that. Like, he's got the resume. I do think that overall, Draymond had a much better season than I expected him to. I thought he was, after the, you know, the championship season, I thought that he was ready for a real decline. And he uh, he held up and came back really well. I didn't even, you know, I'm sure if I would have done all NBA teams, I would have given him further consideration, but I didn't have him in my top three. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and give you my... My number two pick, I'm absolutely positive, is your number one pick, so we could talk about him at the same time. I'm going with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. for number two. Um, he is just a monster. You know, he, We know he blocks three shots a game. I think part of the reason I had him in number two was the games played, and then also um, the fouls are an issue for me. Just availability, not only like when you're actually available, but you have to be on the court more often. He does um he does contest the 21st most shots per game within six feet of the rim. But while doing that, he gets a negative 13.1 expected uh field goal percentage out of the opponent. And that's only behind uh in players that are in the top 25, that only ranks behind Brooke Lopez and Walker Kessler. And like we know Triple J is kind of similar to that Mobley conversation where like he's all over the court. He's covering multiple positions. Like he's where the modern NBA is going. Um, I think just, it came down to like the other two guys in my top three played are going to, they've played at 78 games so far and they might play up to 80. I don't know. The Bucks might be shutting it down though. Um, JJJ is currently, I think at 60, 61 games, if I'm not mistaken. And he's, he's going to land in that like 62 game range. Which, you know, it's like still, it meets my criteria for this season, but um, it just has to be brought into consideration. So, yeah, what about you? Is uh, is Jaron your number one? Yeah, he's my number one. He has 62 games. 62 games. Out of Thursday morning, April 6th, he's at 62. I don't know how, how much he'll play the last few games. But, uh, yeah, I just, one thing that like, I've always kept in my mind it's the yeah he does an awesome job uh at a health defender and protecting the whim the one white sequence that had like totally stuck in my mind it they had uh, the good read and the cad had like one of the best regular season games it was like kind of oil in the year and it was like back-to-back possessions in the last two minutes where jackson swiss on the garland the, I think the first time he blocked Garland, and then the second time Garland like got the shot past Jackson, but it had like zero. It like I don't know to even hit the rim, but like the. So I think like Jackson's ability to, I think one thing he that been underrated about him defensively, even more so than the shot blocking, to hit this ability to switch on to a guy like 
Darius Garland and stay in front of him and force For him sure. to do a couple of bad shots. And uh, I think the poor minute Jackson had been the best defensive player. I think that's why his argument and like the argument I'm making is you want to argue that he didn't play enough total minutes. I think that's a total fair argument. I think I honestly think that like five or six guys that you could make a legit argument for like winning this award. And it's right. like, I can't even like put other guys on my ballot. So it's kind of a interesting thing. Maybe with the new, another new award thing in the next CBA to like make it like five top five or something for this. But uh, I'm guessing I know who your number one is, but uh you want to reveal it to the people? Yeah, I'm going with Brooke Lopez. Um, 78 games played this year. Um, top t- top 10 defensive rating individually. Anchor of one of the best defensive teams in the league. He contests the most shots in the league. He's got 2.5 blocks a game. He contests the six most shots from within six feet of the rim. Um, like I said before, players are shooting a negative 13.3% expected field goal percentage when he's doing that. Um, the 78 games played is huge for me. He's been probably the most consistent player on the Bucks, and that's a team that has the MVP. But it's like you just look at the the difference that he makes. Like he changes everything they get to do. They get to utilize Giannis in a different way because they have Brook Lopez back there. And uh, sure, you could say like he plays with better defensive players in a better system. Like he has to cover up for less, but like he does his job. And um, I feel like just for the the way his game has evolved over his career, it'd be nice to see him get rewarded. I think that both of the guys that I talked about already are going to win. It would be crazy if those guys didn't win at least one in the future. I think this, you know, Lopez is getting up there in age. He's 35 now. Um, it's probably his last chance to win it. And for a guy that came into the league as just a low post scorer to be this like stretch five, you know, all utility rim defender. Um it's just a crazy turnaround for me. And yeah, I'm, uh, I'm rewarding him for the uh, the consistency and just for the dramatic changes he made to his game while also being such an impactful player. Yeah. Uh, I think he, you know, I didn't have him in my top three. I do think that's a very fair argument for him winning the award. Um, I'll just say like one quick thing about Lopez and we and move on to all NBA teams. I think, I think I even like mentioned it to Steve at some point. I think he'd like, if your star isn't a channel, I think Lopez is like the perfect channel to put next to your star. And sure. I mean that like he like I like he can protect the whim as well as anyone, but he's also not like a Gobel type where he just quieting the pain up on offense. He can spread the floor, he can shoot threes if you can win him up if like you have like a guard at one on one high and pick and wall. If they the other team is able to switch that semi-effectively in terms of putting a good switch defender on your star player, then you can just like also throw the ball to him in the post and he can punish a smaller defender. I just think I know this isn't much of his defensive case, but that's like a play for Brook Lopez, I think. For sure. And if you don't have like a Jokic or Embiid, I think he is like the perfect channel. Well, what's what's funny about that too is it it is both true for his current situation, but also the fact that he plays with Giannis. He kind of does play with the center, and he's still (laughs) and he's still like super confident in that role. And it's like, you know, how many teams in this league would just start Giannis at center? Probably like twenty five. You know what I mean? So and it's like he's not only would he work next to like any other, you know traditional star at any other position but he also works with one of the most unique players who might be like in a lot of situations hard to like 
make a fit with. There's a lot of teams that yeah. you'd, you'd struggle to make your center work with because Giannis kind of profiles so much as a center. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm ready to jump right into all NBA. If you are, I'm, this is where it's going to get kind of, uh, kind of juicy. So let's do it. Yeah. The, my, uh, first team all NBA might be, I know that like you're kind of closer to the not caring about position spectrum than a lot of people. I'm like, pretty much how I do it is before we get into it, it's just, I don't, I wanted the player listed on like the ballot and I'm, I'm, I'm mostly the going off what I heard on podcast last year, assuming that it don't be the same for this year. So if it like comes out that like, whatever a guy that would maybe eligible at two position last year would only eligible at one position this year. I might have to adjust some of these. But pretty much as long as a player is on the ballot at a position, I'm okay with putting that player at that position, even if, like, basketball weapons said he played, like, no minutes there. That's yeah. kind of how I feel about it. The I'm doing my best to put the five best players on the first team, second group of five players on the second team and so on and in terms of it being like a wanting to feel like a team I think like like I think it's kind of obvious where I'm going I have Jokic and Embiid both on my first team and uh I honestly think like like hypothetically someone could have Randall and Siakam on their third team I honestly think Jokic and Embiid are like a better on-court fit together than like a Siakam and Randall would be, even though like they both play forward. So like, yeah, see, I, I didn't put any thought into the like yeah. my teams being together. I just kind of positioned, you know, like try yeah. to have like a five-man unit. I don't put any thought into that. I uh, I strangely like I I don't care as much about positionality like when it comes to like you know a wing being a guard or a forward like the Jalen Brown discussion or anything like that um I did keep my centers separate just because I wanted it to um to reflect what I think the all NBA ballots are actually going to look like this year and it's going to be the last season like that they're taking the positionality out of it it's going to go top 15 next season so just in a trial uh, in a uh in an attempt to make it look like what I think actual voters are going to look like I did not combine Embiid and Jokic on one I, I don't care if anyone did or didn't I think that it's totally fair like your argument of just putting the five best players on there and like finding a way to do it totally works for me I'm fine with that I actually I just I didn't have a problem with the front court that I landed on by splitting them up though yeah so, yeah so that's fine and yeah like I said before I uh I went with the 60 game minimum so that cut out this is a long list of players that I just had to take out of consideration and some of them I didn't even realize were so close, but I had to cut out KD, Steph, Dame, Tyrese Halliburton, Harden, Booker, Brandon Ingram, Kawhi, AD, LeBron, the list goes on. These are a lot of guys. So it's like, yeah. and that game's played thing is super interesting because I think that like, if it, if it happens the same way next year and these guys play the same amount of games, I wonder if they will reduced it a little bit because it's like you're going to start seeing like non-star players make these lists and I don't know if, how much the league actually cares for that so it, yeah it'll be interesting to see for like a trial season but like I kind of uh I made my list to reflect what I think that would look like and yeah, uh, the, it's I just want to ask you I just want to ask you real quick the we just real quick the I'm like kind of interested to shout it some point out do you think this war that 55 game rule it actually don't have a big impact on how many games these guys play 
I feel, um, like, I feel like most of the guy you listed miss because they were like injured. They're actually I'm, injured. Yeah, for sure. I'm um, sure they, I'm sure with the occasional back to back they would have played if they had well, like, with, with but like that I list know, that like, I just that list that I just listed, everyone was injured except for Dame's not making the the minimum because he they willingly shut him down for the last 10 games of the season. And that's yeah. going to hurt his case in real life for people that aren't even paying attention to the games played. He ended up on 58 games. Um, okay. And then he, he easily could have played 68 and we know he had the statistical case. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's actually going to, um, if it will affect the wrestling. Like I thought about it just in terms of like this ballot right now, I was looking like, I think Giannis has played 64 games. And they just locked up the one seed. And like, I think that if that was the case, if it was next season and it was the same case, I think that he would definitely play like at least one more half of a game. So it's just like that, but it's going to be when it's like super close. Like if a guy's like healthy and can play the last five games and he needs those games to make an all NBA and he has a case, like there's a financial incentive for it. But when there's injuries and stuff, like I I think the injuries are going to bring down bring it down so much that I wonder if like after by the next CBA, if they might be dropping it back to like 58 games, 60 games, something like yeah. that. Cause the stars aren't playing regardless, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. It's yeah. not going to, you know, it's not going to make people play injured. That's for sure. Yeah. That kind of wild game. Now. I'm sure like Giannis, he probably would have played yesterday or in one, the game defended to get to 65 with the guy that would like 10, 15 games away from 65. Like, I don't know, like if like, if it's worth if it, that would and like that will apply to this year. I don't know if like, the guy would get the 65 game this year, kind of the point I'm making. But for uh, sure. I, and I, JJ went on his podcast real quick, did say that he thinks that injury could go down moving forward just because we're still kind of in the yeah, I heard that. time period where like we kind of crammed three seasons into like two and a half years. So he think that the there's a chance that injury in general to kind of go down moving forward, but would honestly be really cool to see if that's the case. Um, the who would so you, I'm guessing you have Embiid first team all NBA, or did you use a different criteria for then MVP? No, 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 I, I did pick. Do you want to do first team first, or do you want to do third team first? Um, but this, just, yeah, we do fourth team first, first team, okay, yeah. and then work our way down. So, yeah, my uh, my first team, I have Joel Embiid at center. Um, same case for MVP. Um, I have Giannis at forward, Jason Tatum at forward. And then the guard debate is just like, I didn't know what the hell to do here. It's so hard uh, being able to not like, you know, it's fun to eliminate Steph and Dan yeah. and all them, but it's like, it made it a little bit easier to take some of these names out of the equation. And then I, I use, so I decided to use my uh, best player on the best team criteria only in regards to first team. Sure. And then I used like a weighted scale for second and third team for how it should affect the guards. So I think that a lot of people are going to have like one of, if not both of SGA and Luca on their first team. Yeah. I penalized each of them for their situations, sure. but I penalized SGA less because I think when it comes to SGA and Luca despite the fact that they have the same record, I think what is hurting Luca's case, at least narratively, is the fact that he had a higher expectation coming in where you've got SGA who like, because of his play, he's, you know, one of the top two candidates in the most improved player conversation. 
All that to say, I don't have either of them on my first team. <laughs> Just a very, uh, very breathy way of saying it. So my uh, my first team guards are Donovan Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox, which wow. I think if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, those would have been my picks. I would have been like, you're fucking crazy. Mitchell, um, maybe, maybe Mitchell, but yeah. Yeah, um, I... I just think that they present, they played a ton of games. They've got the statistical case. They're, you know, their numbers don't pop off the way some of these other guys do. But if you're making, just take the first team position or spot and treat it like best player, best team. These guys are near the top of their conference. They've been doing it all season. Um, you know, deserving all NBA players this year. I just think it's a little bit crazy to see them on a first team ballot, but I'm just using the context that I'm going with and they fit the description. So yeah, I'm curious uh, what you think of that and what your first team looks like. Yeah. the So my first team, Adomi kind of, we, Adomi kind of different than yours. That I think it's good that we have some disagree and I feel like we, I mean, part of the reason why we like to podcast here so much, I feel like we tend to agree on a lot of stuff, but uh, I, I don't think I would have had Fox or Mitchell in my top three for guards. Um, so I have Giannis and Embiid and Jokic on my first team, whatever you mm-hmm. want. But I get to I'll, I'll put Embiid at channel, but like I don't really care too much. Like you know, right. um, whatever you want to say is forward channel between Jokic and Embiid. I then know that last year Tatum went out of both a guard and forward. I have him at a guard. Okay. So my first team all NBA, pretty much my MVP ballot: SGA, Tatum, Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic. I totally and I respect it. It's just. Yeah. I, and I respect the uh, the consistency of it as well too. Um, I I don't have any problem with it. It's just like I feel I found it easier going into creating the ballot to like take a stance on something. And once yeah. you do, then you're like, okay, then I'm gonna follow that consistently throughout the ballot, like whatever yeah. my motives are. Um, and I think that that's true with what you did, and it's it's cool, it's fun. And it's a little bit spicy that we both did it a different way and we came up with very different ballots. It's a great yeah. way to like look at this exercise, how it, you know, how it is represented. So yeah, I got no problem with it. Um, that is exactly your top five. And I think what's most important to you is finding a way to uh to reward the best players in an all-NBA sense. And yeah. that is much that's very true also with the way the award is going to be going after this season. Like they're just going to reward the top 15 guys. And I'll say just to spoil, like it's not much of a spoiler saying that I have Jokic on my third team and Yo- and Sabonis is my, or I have Jokic on my second team. Sabonis is my third team center. If we were going uh, positionless or if I was going positionless, I would have Sabonis on my second team. Yeah. So it's like, I that's how that's going to look going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I he's totally deserving. Yeah. So I think Sabonis is a queer cut storage channel. Um, so he's on my second team. I'm sure he'll make third team all NBA in the wheel voting. Um, so the and this I don't think I said this. I used 55 games at a cutoff. So uh, I think to the guy that will be on my team because he's eligible for my oh, project that yeah. won't be on your team because we just use different cutoffs. Um, for sure. Uh, and I don't have like, a great reason for it. The, I think that that's what like Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons and their pocket they use. And I'm pretty much like, all right, good enough for me. I'll do the same thing. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> um, so the um, second team, the so I have, the, we always talked about Mitchell. I have Mitchell uh, at a guard on my second team. Um, 
I wish I get a little funky again. I, I have Luca to forward on my second team. Okay. Um, then you I can have, make an argument um, since the trade for Kyrie that Luca has played a lot more forward. They've been playing with more like two guard and Luca lineups since then. If, and if you go off like defensively, I feel like he like almost never exclusively guards forwards. Yeah, I, well, I I feel like he pretty much never guarding another guard unless it's like a one dude like three point special that would just gonna stand in the corner or like for sure. So I think like yeah, I think it's fine. I I think like even some people even like argue that he kind of more by like a LeBron type, but not defensively. But that's why he that's why a big old bodied guy that he. He had Don't the ball a lot, but like so did LeBron too. The so then the two one through mine. Like I said, I have Shabonis second team. Um center. My forwards are Luca and Jimmy Butler. And then the my guard are Donovan Mitchell and Steph Coley. Yep. Totally. And it's like I think that the games played cut thing, the person, the player that was closest to it that it hurt the most for me was Steph. Yeah. He's you know, when he's played, he's been the best offensive player in basketball, or at least one of the top two. Um, he's he's Steph Curry. And then, like, anytime you do that, like, okay, who do you want the ball? Who who do you want to have the ball? Who is the better player? Like, he just edges out in all those debates. His efficiency is still off, you know, just insane. Yeah, um, I think, like, so poor that, minute, he'd been, like, it would have gone poor minute. And, like, I mean, he'd been almost as good as, like, anyone, honestly. Like, yeah. If he had, didn't miss all the game, it honestly might be an even more interesting MVP. We might have like a fourth guy mm. in the mix there. But uh, I think he would if he played yeah. 70 games or even 65 games, he might be the number four, like easily. Yeah. I yeah, I thought he was gonna, you know, stay healthy and in the second half of the season kind of just like take a first team spot, but it, it hasn't been the case. It's been a you know a while, just a crazy inconsistent year for Golden State in general. Um yeah, my second uh, team. So for my second team, I've got Jokic at center. At forward, I've got Jimmy Butler like you. Um, my other forward, I've got Jalen Brown, which I think is a team higher than most people are going to have him. And I was actually debating with Sahil today about it. Um, he thinks that people are going to pigeonhole Jalen into a guard spot. But I looked on, uh, what was it? I think I looked on cleaning the glass and 58% of his minutes are at forward. Like I've got no problem sliding him in there um so yeah but just like you like if I had if I really had a problem with it I would have put Luca at a forward and just bounce the guards around etc like I don't care as much about that stuff um I already mentioned SGA he is my second team guard I put him here I gave him the edge to Luca and I bumped Luca down to third team just because I, I feel like expectations you know hurt him in this case he still deserves to be on an all nba team and then like this whole morass of guards that i was debating with i've got like six other guys but for this second team spot i figured they need some representation on a all nba team i don't know if a lot of players are going to have him but i've got john morant as my other second team guard his numbers are there we know he had the controversy he still played still going to play north of 60 games um he's the heartbeat of that team and uh, yeah, they're, they're holding it on second place in the West and kind of didn't know if their season was going to go to dog shit. Him and uh, Triple J really held it together these last few couple months. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Do you have John on any of your teams? And I do not, honestly. Okay. Yeah. I don't I've have got... like, 
again, like, what I, I think and that's what I quite clearly think. I actually think, like, John might even have an argument for Forge Team if someone wants to make it. He was, and, he was close for me. I, I used yeah. um, I used games played um, yeah. between him and Fox. Yeah, I kind of, the way I look at it, I think there would kind of seven guards that probably if like went positionless will probably be on the team but if like totally positionless not like you didn't my ward i don't think jaw i could put in at a forward but the um, sure. um i put much the kind of penalize him for the suspension pretty much that's because mm-hmm. like i said I, they're pretty much seven guards for six spots for me and i just had like no other way to really do it and like he would be on it for me if we were positionless uh year or year. um the I have uh Jalen Brown. The I'm I agree with you. I actually do think he's gonna make the team at a forward in the wheel voting. I have him at a my third team forward. Um, and then I have Fox Stewart on your fourth team. He's on my third team at a guard. The um, I do have uh your I have Willard on my third team on NBA. Hey, <laughs> at a guard. The again, if you wanna. Put Ja on second or third team and knock Lillard. I did initially. I have Lillard on my second team, but then I did decide at a way a tiebreaker. I would don't slightly punish people who are on tanking teams, and not that the boys were tanking all season, but they had definitely shifted to that, and yeah. then that knocked Lowry off my team completely i would he would come before that's gotta hurt for you (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I, uh just to to speak on lily's case real quick i don't have him on any of my teams he didn't make the games cut and i don't know if i would have had him on my team um it would have been a really hard choice um but if they hadn't started tanking and he played the last 10 games of the season he'd be right in that mix and if you're just if you're saying that sga and Luca have cases for being borderline play in teams like that's where the Blazers would be too. They yeah. might have made it like clearly into the plan. They might have not. They chose for a direction for their franchise that it's not better for them to make a play in spot. So they they took him out. He would have been right in that mix statistically. I do think that like there is kind of a bias against him sometimes. Not so much in like voters, media, actual NBA people, but he gets like a kind of a you know an online treatment that other players don't. And I think yeah. that like, when you see a lot of these, like I like to call them um, all notes app teams, where you see <laughs> like these like Twitter polls and stuff. Like, I, I don't think he would have made a lot of teams, but if he played those final 10 games, I think he would have made at least a third all, third team all NBA in real life. Yeah, I kind of forced like seriously taking a look at this 20 game to go. I kind of always had like a walking all NBA. 20, 20 games ago, it would have been... I had I had him forced team when I first started doing it twenty games ago. For sure, he would. I think that what I have right now, my like, the guys on my first team would be on my third team, and yeah. like it would be Luca and Dame clearly in the first team, and like yeah. the way the way that you do it, you might have like found a way to like finagle Luca, I, I, Luca I had, on the first team. I honestly, it maybe would write a pretty hot take of mine. It I can't like stand by it. This point twenty games ago, I would have had. I think they would would have been more deserving of a first team than Tatum. So I had like Tatum on my second team twenty games ago, and yeah. then in the last twenty games, I have to have since moved Tatum up to first team and moved Lillard down. But uh, the All Star break like destroyed them. But like around the All Star break, I remember listening to uh, Duncan and Larue 
and Danny LaRue had um Lillard at his as his fourth MVP. Yeah. And it was just like for all the things that he was doing offensively, and like you couldn't really like hold his team against him like the same way that anyone yeah. that has Luca in their top five yeah. right now, you know, it's 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 totally a good argument. Um should I go ahead and list my third team now or are you still doing that? I lost it. The, I'll just say real quickly the my third channel might surprise some people. I think most people think someone doing it my way would have bam. The I just been more so underwhelmed by the heat that I don't think they mm. need to who play it on this. I, I totally actually, agree. They like are really struggling the pack up week. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if they lose two playing games and don't make the playoffs just like the way they're playing. So the it one of those things where I almost wish that we could wait until after the play-in to finalize it because I just don't want two guys from a team that didn't make the playoffs. I'm like, all NBA team. I'm okay with one guy, obviously, but like I don't think you can have two guys if you don't make the playoffs. Uh, so, and the Gridley are the two seeds, so maybe it's a little bias on my part coming up, but I put Jackson, Jalen Jackson Jr. on my third team channel. Um, just because I do think the Gridley deserve a guy, and I kind of maybe unfairly not job so maybe the Gridley fan will feel a little better about that but uh um we are the who are your uh, I think we all pretty much always talked about all the guards the who are your third team guards though just real quick oh yeah I hadn't mentioned one of the names yet but obviously I've got Luca there um I I think in real life he's gonna end higher he might end up with a first team spot but I've got Luca on my third team penalized but using the criteria that best team, better player on better teams, get rewarded with first team spots. And then I had a sliding scale with him in SGA. So I've got Luca on third team. I've actually got Anthony Edwards as my wow. second guard. Um, and I'm sure we're going to talk about a few names. Um, I had four guys where I could have at least like switched around positions a little bit. I had four guys that I just toggled with. This is the spot. I think Anthony Edwards is kind of like the uh, the last guy on my teams right now. I went with him just because I uh, felt like the Timberwolves deserved somebody this season, and he's taken like such a big leap uh, offensively with Cat being injured most of the year. He's also taken a defensive leap, and uh, it should be rewarded for that. Also, I think it's just it might be kind of like a who I think is a better player situation when I was comparing these guys um I also have you mentioned it earlier I've got Julius Randle and I've got Siakam on my third team forwards um that actually played into why I have Anthony Edwards on my team because the same way you were talking about the heat I uh, I don't think the Knicks are deserving of two all-stars and I, I was really picking like it was picking hairs between uh Randle and Brunson I ended up going with Randle just kind of like better raw numbers and then I have a Sabonis as my third team center, as I said before. Okay, yeah. The so I have uh, Brown. It uh, he would on your second team at a forward. He's on my third team at a forward. I think he will probably be on one of those two teams at a forward. The, I have like been some people have been starting to publish their ballots, uh, and I've seen Brown on a few people's second team. So I think there is a chance that he does make second team at a forward. Um, I'm ha- I know I'm a bit Lowry guy. I'm kind of happy that you don't have Lowry. That would have been like a big thing for me. I don't think he can be on this, especially the way I look at it, where I have a lot of guards that are eligible for forward too. Yeah. Uh, the as much as I love him, I just like could not like get there, especially the way I look either. at it. If you're like 
totally taking guy that primarily a guard out of the equation. I could like maybe get there. But uh, um, so then I think Randall, I think the next you draw a guy, I think he'd the Siakam would I got it, but what on my all NBA teams like the whole time. I think that like, he kind of dropped off a little bit recently. Um, but Wandle, I think like I think the big thing for me is just, I think the next to draw a guy. And I think sure. and, I, and also I kind of struggle to fill out the forward spot. So kind of just plug him in now. Yeah, I um I I didn't really struggle with Lowry that much. Um but I, I, he was in my considerations. Obviously, um, Brunson was in my considerations. I had Mikhail Bridges actually make kind of a late push where I like at least looked at him. He's on like the far outside looking in. If you were taking just his last 25 games as a Brooklyn net, um, he'd probably be on there. And he's uh, he's entered that like most improved player conversation. I actually had your guy Levine um, kind of like in that, like maybe on the guards the way I settled with it. I, I didn't struggle with them at all because the same way. I just didn't think the Heat really presented any case to have two guys. And uh, Especially Jimmy the way you looked at it. Especially the way that you did it. You can't argue ban over Sabonis. Like. No, definitely not. Yeah, and I, I wasn't even like, you know, I, I think that you could, considering he's played with like Deadman and Love this season some, you could try to make Bama forward. But it's like, I think the Raptors – and uh, the Knicks are just as deserving of having one All NBA player as the Heat are, and the Heat have no case to have like two over them. So yeah, that's why I settled with that. Um, what stands out like the most for you? What's the most egregious pick on my All NBA teams? And I don't think I have like a huge problem with any of yours. I think like the one guy that I'm, I always said I think like Lowry, that's kind of a guy that. I just can't really get there with as much as I love him. The um I think like the one guy, not that he'd on Jovi, and like I said, he put on my ballot most of the year. I don't like have a great argument against him at the top of my head, but Siakam is just a guy that I have I would have a hard time putting him on my team. Um yeah. I guess his, if you his like, numbers are pretty crazy. His uh, his playmaking yeah. numbers are pretty good. Like I was actually looking at him versus Lowry for, for yeah. quite some time and uh gotta think about like defensive impact and Siakam can just do more things on the floor I've got um I I like Lowry's game a lot too I just think that if you have them like neck and neck I just I take Siakam as a bit of a better player yeah and uh um and I will say real quick I know you mentioned my guy Levine the I don't I won't go like too much on my lamp because like he's not on my team but the um if you listen to the low post and kind of fast forward to like the end of the podcast he did with Bobby Moss and he pretty much did like kind of a thing on Levine that I want to do it pretty much like he didn't understand like why Levine wanted even like on people lawn list for all right. NBA. He was pretty much like, not that he should be on the team, but he was kind of like, I don't understand how Levine are even on like some people lawn list. That kind of like a rant that I wanted to do. So I'm, I won't do that and just like blatantly copy him. But uh, I will say <laughs> I did the one thing that kind of bugged me, with, especially how thin the I feel like forward are is the in terms of, and I do think Jalen Brown is more of a forward than Levine. Like Jalen Brown, like strictly almost played forward for the Celtics, but Levine, like right now, the board start Caruso and Beverly. So Levine, I feel like it's the forward of that. They, 
board almost exclusively play like two like Jalen Brown. Will he when the team wants to play big or Brown play shooting guard, Levine play shooting guard. When the team wants to play small or Brown play small forward, Levine play small forward. Uh, the put I try to like go to back about left one to make like a better argument for it. The the I think the Levine position team they kind of messed up because they have twenty five percent of his minutes at point guard, and I just don't know what like lineup they have. Will they have Levine really? at a point? Guard. Do you think it's when he's with Kobe White? And they think like Kobe White's just shooting guard. That might be it. I think it might be the Caruso, Levine, the Woden, Patrick, William, Vucevic lineup. Oh, probably, yeah. But like, I don't know. Like maybe that just like an example of the board needing a point guard. And I think that probably the best lineup. And then, like, I don't know if I would call any of those guys the point guard. But the, um, the, but yeah, that was kind of my thing. That I think like I, I, I think Levine have been like better than Lowry. For like since like mid December, I think so. And too, like yeah. I think like the biggest not people would put on Levine in these conversations is that the board are bad. But like if we don't put Lowry Thor team, like the board have a better record than the Jazz do. So like that would be like that. As much as I love Lowry, that is one thing that like kind of annoyed me. They're hoping that I do do think and Lowry the, the Bulls have the team. same exact record that the Thunder and the oh. and the Mavericks do as well. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can really use record for that. You can't really use games played. Like Levine's played a surprising amount of games this year. Yeah, like he's, he's been super strong in the second half of the season. Like I'm, I'm right there with you. But like we yeah. are talking about two guys that we did leave off of our ballot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's 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 I know it's it kind of silly and even like I in my head I'm like this is silly that like but when like people are kind of like who do you honorable who like just missed a cut and they list like five more guards that not Levine. right yeah. Like, yeah, and I'm like, okay. Like, Guard is crazy deep, though. Like yeah. I said earlier, like even the guys that would have like made the cut on most people's teams, like Steph, Dame, Harden, um, even Booker can't get there. Ingram can't get there, but it's just like a crazy position. Yeah, how um, Bolton and should be how Bolton for sure. Yeah, yeah. The... Uh, so let's just real quick. Um, do you want to do just like five minutes where we quick? quick list off our other like awards you want to like react to mine real quick because i've got one for everything yeah the, i don't have like a swan opinion uh, on any i don't either so i'll just list them off i've got um my sixth man of the year i went with malcolm brogdon my runner-up would be emmanuel quickly i've i've quickly number one on my okay team. yeah and they're they're like neck and neck like i actually i compared their them on basketball reference and like was like wow it's surprising how close they are and yeah. if you if you wanted to make an argument for quickly, I think the fact that he uh, when the Knicks went on that kind of like post trade deadline run, and Brunson missed some games, like quickly filled in. I know it's not like technically in a six man position, but sometimes I like I like to reward the guy that can like still into that position, and like they didn't really yeah. miss a beat with quickly like taking the controls. We haven't really seen that with Brogdon this year. He's mostly yeah. been like second unit, like. He's been stable as hell, and it's like a better thing for his career. But like, yeah, no problem with taking quickly number one. Uh, for my most improved player, I've got Markinen. Me too. Um, yeah. And uh, I was actually just looking at it. It's kind of crazy. He's only playing four more minutes a game than he was last season, and it's just like just his usage is like shot up, but his efficiency has gotten better. And it's just like just a crazy year for him. 
Yeah. Um, the, I don't think, I think that like you and I are like you, especially were like a huge marketing guy before. And uh, I was like, yeah, he could always be a useful player. I never saw this like number one option on a competitive team kind of situation that he's in now. Yeah. Um, my runners up for that were uh, SGA. Obviously I think he'll be number two on most people's ballots. I've got Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges on there. And then I would, I wanted to do just a quick second on De'Aaron Fox for most improved player. His, his like raw numbers don't really like scream most improved player but if you want to talk about like do you remember i think like a month ago zach Lowe and chris herring did like a whole most improved player thing and they listed like 30 players he wasn't on there at all but they talked about how um sometimes all one player needs is to like raise one part of their game to get in that conversation well i think the most important thing that De'Aaron fox raised was his clutch performance yeah, and I couldn't think of like a more valuable thing for him to add to his game. It's the reason why he's getting into these all NBA talk discussions this year. So I don't see why I don't understand why he's never mentioned when people talk about, you know, most improved player of the season. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he should at least be in, in the discussion oh. because that like he's taken the leap from like, you know, not even an all star player to like he made my first team all NBA this year. And it's because of his like his steady clutch play. So, yeah, he deserves yeah. to be. uh to be at least mentioned, I've got uh, brought, I've got Paolo for Rookie of the Year. I think that's yeah, going to be pretty consistent consensus. I know Jalen Williams made a made a late push. Um, I think that's kind of like the hipster take is that Jalen yeah. Williams is Rookie of the Year. Like it's it's pretty clearly Paolo. I've got Mike Brown for Coach of the Year. I think that'll that'll hold true. My runner up is Mark Dagnall, and uh, yeah, I think that's actually like exactly how those awards will look. I think it's going to yeah. be Paolo, Mike Brown, um, Brogdon, Markinen, pretty easily. Yeah, the I think like I'm I'm I think you can make a fair argument for Jalen Williams winning Rookie of the Year if you want to go like the whole like more competitive situation. Finish it probably it's Rookie of the Year down. though. That's not a it's not a thing. <laughs> you know I know I, mean? I know. Yeah. But the, that but one thing that I do with I do with the all rookie team too and. I don't, obviously don't do this for any of the other awards, but I do think, like, for the all-working teams, I do think, like, some projection should be, like, based into it. Like, for sure. I made a uh, very, like, strong effort to put Shaden Sharp, for example, on, on my, one of my all-working teams. I, I put him on my second team. Yeah, he's on my yeah. second team, too. But I think, like, a big reason why, I think you can maybe argue some other guy over him, but the... Um, I just think I want white people to look back at it. And I think that's like I know, the big reason why I went with Paolo. I do think there should be some progestion over for it. Sure. Just Jaylen. real quick so we, we can do it and then we'll wrap up. I uh, I bet our first team is the same. I've got Paolo, Jalen Williams, Matherin, Walker Kessler, Keegan Murray. Yeah, that's my five. That yeah, point. and then my second team five, I went Jaden Ivey, Andrew Nemhard, Jabari Smith Jr., Jalen Duran, and Shaden Sharp. And I, uh, I didn't even really have to try too hard to make the Shaden Sharp case. I think who you're knocking off would be Sohan or Tari Eason. Um, Sohan actually has only played like 56 games. So it yeah. wasn't that hard for me to take him off the cover. And then it became between Tari and Shaden. And if you just look at um, Shaden's last, you know, eight games, last month of the season, like he's averaging in the last eight games off the top of my head, I think it's 24 points per game like you know five rebounds five assists and he's doing it on like 46 percent shooting 40 percent from three like he's showing all this 
all the tools. So like you were saying, like you want to do some of that projection stuff. He's also done it on paper. He's almost averaging 10 points a game, which is like typical for second team, all rookie kind yeah. of numbers. Yeah. So it's it, you're not even stretching that hard trying to put Shaden on it. Yeah. I thought at first I was going to do it to make it like my homer pick because I'm not having game on my team. But I was like, oh, no, actually, he's got like a really solid case for it. Yeah, just real quick. I have Shohan on and Dolan off, um, but that's my uh, team. And the with my sweat for Shohan is eligible. The, and I will say real quick, I think Ivy, he did on my second team. I think he'd been really underrated. I've got to see him live a few times, and he's one of those guys that like – One of those dudes, huh? That's why seeing like the how fast he is on TV, bullshit in portion, it's just like TV does not do him justice. And the I think he's gonna be really good. I think he'd kind of gotten overlooked and even told him like looking forward projecting. I think he's gonna be awesome. So the uh, anything else you wanted to hit on real quick? No, I think we did a good job doing yeah. it off. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we'll do uh, – I'm going to ask you your final pick, but it's kind of my thing I'm doing now to wrap up the pods. It'll probably be the last one we do. The, what's the – who's your final pick in each conference? Uh, I'm going with Bucks over – God, the West is so hard. For me, I've got the Bucks kind of over everybody. I think the Bucks <laughs> are going to run away with, like, yeah. with the postseason. It's going to be one of those, like, how do we not consensusly have them – um, especially they've just been cooking this last half of the season. I already picked, you know, them for MVP and defensive player of the year. Um, I, uh, I'll just go with the Suns. I know it's like, there's a lot of unknowns, but if they can be healthy, like I'm taking Booker and KD over the field in the West. I don't feel good about it. I wouldn't be shocked if it was five different teams than that, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks over over the Suns. Yeah, I pretty much made the same argument last class. I won't do it again. I have Bucks Nuggets just because I don't. I have a hard time seeing KD and Chris Paul staying healthy for the Suns. But if you told me they would only stay healthy, I would take the Suns. I think so, they could uh, get through it even if Chris Paul gets hurt. It's it's all about KD and Booker to me. It, honestly, I I am a little. I think like after the top four, they'll really, they'll kind of fan. So I honestly do think if they get in like a six or seven games here and they don't have Chris Paul, I actually do think that could maybe matter because like they would have to play like campaign like 40 minutes or something like sure. that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, Mikey. No problem, man. Thanks for having me.